0: to the show. Today we're going to talk about Trudeau first. He's had a big jump in his approval ratings since the end of February. As a matter of fact, it's been a 21 point jump in his favorability ratings and he's now up to 54% of Canadians approve of Justin Trudeau. That is a massive increase for a prime minister, especially one who has had their approval ratings going down. And it's very rare that a prime minister's approval ratings actually go down and then come back up. However, his handling of COVID-19 pandemic has led to an increase in people who support him and are backing him as our prime minister. The first uh, graph you're going to see on your screen right now is his popularity rating since May of 2016. The... Gray line is the approval line, and if you'll notice, it was down as low as 33% back uh, when we were in the election. It's gone up slightly since then, went down a bit, and then it's now popped back up to 54%. The last time Trudeau had a 54% approval rating was June of 2017, and his disapproval rating is at 44%, uh, and a few people are undecided. Now, you'll see in this next uh, pie graph here, you'll see that he has a 54% approval, 44% disapprove, and 2% approve. Uh, This was done on a study of approximately 1,900 people. Now we're going to look at how it breaks down by region. It's no surprise that Alberta and Saskatchewan, he has the highest disapproval ratings. Those provinces uh, almost always go conservative, uh, and it's rare that even the Liberals or the NDP pick up more than one or two seats in, in that part of the country. However, let's look at where he has his biggest support. It's also the provinces that have a large population. For example, he has 58% support in British Columbia. He's got 62% in Ontario compared to a disapproval rate of 36%. And in Atlantic Canada, he's at 58%. Uh, The Liberals almost swept Atlantic Canada in the last election and when Trudeau came into power in the first uh, two elections elections ago, uh, he swept Atlantic Canada. Once again, his approval ratings are up there to the point where uh, the Liberals could be looking at sweeping Atlantic Canada as well. Uh, For the Conservative Party, they should be really concerned about Ontario because of the massive difference between his approval and disapproval rating. Now, if we look at how Trudeau his approval ratings are compared to who voted for what party in the last election. It's no surprise that 79% of conservatives have absolutely no interest in Justin Trudeau uh, and he has a very high disapproval rating with them. That, that's no surprise there. Amongst Liberal voters in the last federal election, Trudeau has an 89% approval rating, which is very high uh, for any leader of a party. Um, And this pandemic has obviously shown that Trudeau can be a leader, uh, and the majority of the Liberal voters in the last election are supporting him. However, what's also very interesting is 74% of NDP voters approve of Trudeau's uh, handling of the pandemic. Uh, that could become very troublesome for the NDP uh, in the next election if those numbers stay that high. Uh, it's no surprise that uh, he has a high disapproval rating with the bloc. Um, the bloc tends to be more of a in line with the Conservatives in terms of their uh, how they have an outlook on uh, governing a country. Uh, now, as far as federal voter intentions, if there was an election today, now this is, the, the chart you're seeing here is amongst... Decided voters. So amongst decided voters, the Liberals have 29%, Conservatives have 27%. Uh, you got the NDP at 14 and the Green down at three. Uh, but you have 16% of people who are undecided. Now, if we look at decided voters, now uh, we have. You see the Liberals are at 36%. The Conservatives are at 33. You got NDP at 17, Block at eight, Green at four. of decided voters is higher than what Trudeau had in the last election. As a matter of fact, amongst the popular vote, uh, which is what we looked at in the previous one, where we looked at uh, voter intention based on who's firmly decided versus the right here where we're looking at decided voters, the Liberals have gone up uh, in terms of their support. Uh, And that will be extremely important if we have an election uh, in the next little while, as all of the conservative leadership candidates have said, uh, the front runners, anyways, uh, have said that they want to have an election as soon as they become Conservative Party leader. Now, that'll be kind of hard for the Conservatives if they can't get any other political party to go with them, uh, because they just don't have the numbers to to force an election. Uh, if the new uh, Canadian, sorry, the Canadian Conservatives. Uh, leadership candidates, whoever wins and replaces Andrew Scheer, uh, it's going to be difficult for them to try and force an election. And quite frankly, looking at the numbers, it's not in their best interest. Uh, Trudeau's numbers were very actually low uh, in the last election, and the liberals still nearly got a majority. Uh, The way Trudeau has handled the COVID-19 pandemic, it doesn't look like the conservatives would have a have a shot at all of forming a majority government and very little chance of forming a minority government as well. Both seem to be um, out of their reach, uh, particularly if Trudeau continues along with the support he's getting. I mean, the fact that he's jumped 21 points just in basically a month and a half uh, is incredible. Now we'll be right back after the break with more information. <laughs> And welcome back. First up, we finally have some numbers today from the Algoma Public Health with regards to our COVID-19 testing. We have now tested over 1,600 people. We still have only 12 positive cases. However, nine of those have recovered. So we have three positive cases still here in the Algoma District. And our pending, uh, in other words, the ones we're waiting for test results from, has actually gone down to 341. Uh, Over the last few days that number had crept up to over 400 tests we were waiting for uh, and now it's actually gone down about 65-ish from yesterday on how many cases we were waiting for the results from. Which is good because uh, we need to have the testing done even here, even though we only have a few cases. To help contain what goes on here, we need to have accurate information. Now, yesterday, sorry, two days ago I spoke with Dr. Lucas Castellani of the Sioux area hospital who's their infectious disease specialist and one of the things we talked about was um, all of the research and treatments and so on that are not going on because of COVID-19. We talked about the possibility of two different death counts you know what's the increase of people who are going to die from say cancer this year uh, because they weren't getting the treatment when they were supposed to or the treatment was scaled back you know, people that haven't had their MRIs, uh, things of that nature. So what we're actually now seeing, and um, several research centers here in Canada have spoken out now that there's um, some very big issues in medical research here in Canada. The first one is, is that a lot of clinical trials have been put on hold. Um, that is a very dangerous thing to happen because you're stopping a clinical trial in the middle of it And then what happens if you take a two-month break and then start it back up again? That's not an accurate clinical trial. You have to actually start over again for something to be accurate. Uh, So all of that research money that we had poured into certain types of uh, medical research uh, has been put on hold, and we're not going to see the benefits of those trials because they're not being completed. And this not only affects us from the standpoint of medical research, but this Affects people's lives who are in these trials who are trying experimental treatments for uh, diseases that they have and other physical ailments without them actually getting a chance to actually see if this um, drug that they're using or different type of therapy, gene therapy, things like that, don't actually find out if it works or not. So not only does it not help that individual, it doesn't help other people in the future who get the same uh, issue. And so those health issues are, they, they didn't just disappear when COVID-19 came about um, and they're not going to go away either just when COVID-19 disappears um, in the future. So one of the things that, uh, I'm just going to talk about two different health networks. One is the, the one connected to the University of Toronto in, in Toronto uh, called the University Health Network. Um, they've lost about $6 million in industry funding. Uh, just in the last few weeks, and they've had 200 of their researchers uh, taken off of clinical trials for other health issues and put on to COVID-19, and what's happening there is they're moving um, their researchers away from what they were working on to moving them to working on only COVID-19. The other issue we have is in September, um, and I'm going to be dealing with this tomorrow with Ross Romano, Uh, Our local MPP, he and I are going to have a sit-down interview. It'll be on at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. And this is what's going to happen in September with students. We have a lot of international students that come here. And actually, our $3 billion medical research industry, a large part of that is international students coming here for their masters and their PhDs, and they're doing the work here, which benefits Canada, and uh, our health and well-being and how we create different uh, health treatments, and if those students can't come in September, we're going to see a massive drop in the amount of brains here in Canada working on medical research. This is a very serious issue and we have to figure out, okay, how can we do this, how can we do it safely, Uh, because it will have long-term ramifications. Now the Ontario government has come out uh, and they've extended what the emergency orders it's called the Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act. They've extended that. Now what does this mean? This means that this weekend when it's all nice and 10 degrees outside and you want to go outside and you want to hang out with your friends and have an outdoor barbecue, don't. What is going on right now is social distancing and staying in your house. Just because the weather gets nicer, none of that changes. Ross Romano and I will be actually discussing that tomorrow night. Uh, but it just because the weather is nice outside does not mean you can go and do the things that you want to do like you would normally do when we have the first warm weekend in spring so that means don't go to parks or other recreational places don't go try and go to work unless you're an essential worker stay away from all kinds of public places and limit social gatherings to less than five people now I'll be right back in a moment Thank you for watching The Chris Oldcorn Show. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Chris Oldcorn. You can also listen to the audio version of this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Join me tomorrow night. I will have MPP Ross Romano for the full show, and we'll be discussing both local issues and then also issues related to uh, his uh, Ministry of College and University Cabinet position. And I will see you tomorrow morning also at 8 a.m. on Special Report. Have a fantastic evening.